Factory Stock Podcast is back following the 50th Amelie Motor Oil NHRA Gator Nationals and the Cobra Jet Mustangs draw first blood. Drew Skillman will join us on the next edition, but on this show, Chris Holbrook describes his wild first round run against David Barton. I'm thinking all to myself, I'm like, man, if I cross center line, am I going to lose this race, you know? But I just got enough out of the way to get around Dave, and uh, it was it was a scary situation. It was definitely a wild ride for Holbrook. And David Barton, he'll join us on the next Factory Stock Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and never miss a show. Also on this show, you'll hear the Ford Performance Parts Drag Racing Program Manager, Mike Delahanty, and his thoughts about Ford's Race 1 victory. 50th is, is great. It only happens once. The 50th Cobra Jet only happens once. This field of factory showdown cars, it's taken off now. I think we've hit a stride with these cars, the record-setting performances, the good car counts, the great teams. This class is really on fire, and there's nothing but more great performances and exciting racing yet to come this season. It was special. It was 50 years, and it was a Mustang victory. But what about the Camaros? What about the Challengers? What about the crowd? Stick around. You're going to hear from Samtech.edu's Brian Massengill and get his thoughts on race one of the Samtech factory stock showdown. So they're always fighting for every every horsepower they can get. And so that's why you kind of see these things when they're turning 9,500, 10,000 RPM. Um you're seeing some of these problems that some of these uh, engine builders are having. Um, that's not going to be the same on a stock Camaro. That's not going to be the same on a stock Mustang or uh, on a stock Challenger. It's, it's that we are pushing the limits of what stock is. Brian Massengill's ready for a great season. And just moments from now, we'll get a full race breakdown. Our next episode features Drew Skillman and David Barton. And you're not going to want to miss a show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and be ready for episodes to drop. The Gator Nationals, a spectacular event, a sold-out event, and you're going to hear on-location audio from Mike Delahanty and Chris Holbrook, plus a full race recap by Samtech's Brian Massengill. Stick with us. Challengers, Mustangs, Camaros, one of the biggest races in the history of Earth, And you're going to hear it all right here on Factory Stock Podcast. Start your education at full speed with samtech.edu. If you're out there listening and you're thinking you'd love to become a high-performance engine builder or machinist, the folks at Samtech can make it happen, not only with practical hands-on experience, but classroom instruction in the lab and at the track. Plus, they're a military-friendly school approved to train veterans and other eligible persons under the GI Bill. Whether it's CNC machining, motorsport EFI, or good old-fashioned engine building, the folks at Samtech can get it done. Go to samtech.edu today. Time to get into it. Brian Massengill just moments away, but he was able to catch up with Chris Holbrook right after his wild round one incident. David Barton on the left side, Holbrook on the right. At the flash of amber, they were off. At the flash of amber, they were both off like a shot. 
Holbrook started to spin the tires. Barton pulled ahead. It was then that it happened. David Barton crossed over into Holbrook's lane and hit the wall. Holbrook, fortunate to have spun the tires. Our own Brian Massengill caught up with him right after the run. I'm here with Chris Holbrook. Chris, you had a kind of wild ride in round one of eliminations. Talk me through that pass. Well, you know, it... uh car was a little bit loose off the starting line i put it in second gear and it spun the tires i pedaled it got back in it and out of the corner of my eye i see david coming across and i jammed on the brakes and turned the wheel to the left and i'm thinking all to myself i'm like man if i cross center line am i gonna lose this race you know but i just got enough out of the way to get around dave and uh it was it was a scary situation so after a pass like that, how do you prepare going in uh, to round two? Well, I mean, uh, you just got to try to uh, adjust the car to the track and, uh, you know, just you got to get that out of your mind and uh, try to win win the next race. Would you say that you're you're actually happy for once that you, you spun the tires there? Oh, yeah, because if we didn't spin the tires, it would have been very ugly. Okay. Well, good luck, Chris, in round two, and thanks for the time. Thank you. You can hear the relief in Chris Holbrook's voice. He was one of our first guests on Factory Stock Podcast, and fortunately, he was able to avoid that crash. David Barton will join us on the next episode. Barton will tell us whether or whether or not he'll run the same car for the remainder of the season. But it was fortunate that Holbrook was able to avoid that incident. But what a race. Brian Massengill just moments away. Brian was out there on location, as was Ford Performance Parts Drag Racing Product Manager Mike Delahanty. And Mike went on to talk a little bit about the program and their thoughts after a race one win. I'm here with Mike Delahanty from Ford Performance. Mike, the Fords really came out and kind of dominated this weekend in terms of mile an hour, ET. Uh, Drew Skillman just won the first race of the season. Where do you all go from here? What do you see the NHRA? Do you see them doing any corrections uh, to bring parity back? Is there a problem with parity? What are, what are your thoughts? I think right now, you know, it's first race of the season. Uh, Chevrolet's working hard. Ford's working hard. Uh, I hope that they don't make any changes. I think the cars put on a really exciting show for the fans. And, and you know, we want to thank, thank Sam Tech for all the support. Um, I'd like to see them let it go for a while. Uh, the cars are exciting. They're fast. And the great thing about this class is you have to be watching every run because something will happen. Mike, we're here at the, the 50th Annual Gator Nationals. You know, kind of talk about the history of this race and, and how this class kind of made its impact this weekend. Well, for sure, 50th is, is great. It only happens once. The 50th Cobra Jet only happens once. This field of factory showdown cars, it's taken off now. I think we've hit a stride with these cars. The record-setting performances, the good car counts, the great teams. This class is really on fire, and there's nothing but more great performances and exciting racing yet to come this season. You talk about yet to come, you know, um, how do you tell all of the Ford drivers and teams to prepare for Charlotte? 
Well, the cars and our combination is still pretty new. The guys have done some testing, but I think you're going to see these guys in, in, in the weeks between now and Charlotte working hard on the cars. Uh, we're certainly not going to sit back on our laurels. Uh, the cars have proven performance, but we know the guys are going to be working even harder uh, because the other teams are going to be working hard too. That's Mike Delahanty. Mike, thanks for your time. Okay, thanks. Mike Delahanty with Brian Mazengill from samtech.edu. No way. He doesn't want to see any changes. The Fords want to see it play out a little bit longer. We're just going to have to wait and see what the folks at NHRA say. I can tell you, if you listen to our first couple of episodes, everybody was ready for the rules makers to be on top of this deal. 771 by Drew Skillman was absolutely fantastic. It was outrageous. It was fun to see. Will things stay the same for the next race? in Charlotte. We'll just have to wait and find out. But there's one place you know you're going to keep up with everything and that is Factory Stock Podcast. Chris Holbrook, Mike Delahanty on the show, but now it's time to get into it. From the School of Automotive Machinist and Technology, Brian Massengill traveling back from the 50th Amelie Motor Oil NHRA Gator Nationals. Brian, was it just me or was this a special event, not just because it was the 50th, because we saw the new launch, uh, reawakening of these factory cars with the 2019 season. Joe, I think the best way to describe it is historic. You know, we, we had our legends there, which was the past of the NHRA. And this weekend, we, we did. We kind of announced our presence as not necessarily the future of the NHRA, but the next class that's going to be great in this sport. Uh, for years to come. Uh, you, you saw a lot of great racing. We had 31 cars on the property, uh, 23 ran in the sevens. Um, that's something that, in my mind, is historic and, and fits so well with the theme of the 50th anniversary of the Emily Gator Nationals. I agree completely, and I want to break the fourth wall a little bit with our listeners of Factory Stock Podcast and just get everybody up to speed on what is happening with the launch of this podcast. And, of course, we're going to speak about what happened. Uh, The Factory Stock Podcast is still brand new, and we would love for you to subscribe and uh, write us a review and iTunes and everything, wherever you get your podcast. But the bottom line is this. Everybody is traveling back from the race, but we wanted to reconnect with all of you listeners and make sure that you understand that the Factory Stock Podcast will be available. We will have a winner's edition where we catch up with Drew Skillman and the newsmakers. Brian, you were out in the pits. You were collecting audio after each um, big moment that happened, whether it was when we first found out we were going to have an all-seven-second field, uh, big events, big happenings. We are going to try to be very um, detailed and cover the stories with uh, great care on the Factory Stock Podcast in lieu of being quick or first. And so what we are going to do is next week, we're going to delve into it with Drew because Drew is traveling back. We are going to delve into it with the newsmakers. We're going to analyze the performances of the race cars. We're going to analyze what we have seen and may see in a way that is in-depth and focused, Factory Stock Podcast, get subscribed, get ready, because there's so much to talk about. Much of it is great, some of it not so great, and I'm talking about David Barton's hard crash in round one. Uh, Yeah, Joe, uh, real quick, I want to thank all the subscribers, everyone who's already rated and reviewed and subscribed. 
Our numbers are great. Um, tell your friends. Thank you so much to the fans of this class and this category and the sport of the NHRA uh, for everything you've done so far. Keep spreading the word. Um, but let's get into the first round. You know, scary moment there. Uh, Chris Holbrook and and David Barton. Um, thankfully, Chris Holbrook spun a little bit, uh, or else it would have been side by side racing. And David very well would have taken out Chris Holbrook. Um, you know, scary moment that crash, that head-on crash where where David uh, basically turned right after um, he cracked a head, uh, drove through his own water. I mean, you you, you could see it on the Snowco Vision um, a little better than I could on the starting line. But, yeah, really scary moment. Uh, I caught up with David afterward, and, uh, you know, he was a little rattled, but uh, he, he is uh, totally healthy, totally fine. A little, He'll be a little bit sore for the next week or so, but uh, they're going to try to get that hot rod going again uh, and get it ready uh, coming up for our next event and, and, and maybe bring out one of their older cars to, to keep going and chase some points. Such great news, but yes, it was a very unfortunate circumstance uh, that you know David and Chris battle uh, Chevrolet versus Ford, but also rival engine builders, rival racers. As it was shaping up on the starting line, you could see that there were so many extra factors in this particular race. I can imagine people from all around the world were focused in, and uh, Chris had a little bit of traction issues and was pedaling the car, was really working to get down there, and David was just getting after it. But you could see out from under the car a little something, a mist spraying under the right rear tire and just snap turned him right across Chris, goes into the wall. Chris does a great job of avoiding it and a moment. Fortunately, David does a flat spin, comes to a stop, got out, speaking with the NHRA safety safari. But if there ever needed to be an illustration of exactly what we're dealing with, with the horsepower levels of these Samtech factory stock showdown cars, that was it. And I think a lot of people realized right there that as much as we, the word stock is in the name of this category and the cars are factory built and factory designed, that what these guys are doing, guys and girl with what are doing with these cars is just, uh, you know, out of the realm of anything we've seen before. That's, that's a good point you're bringing up. These are stock heads that, you know, anyone can go and buy and David is turning it to the maximum allowable uh, specs, you know, and so they're always fighting for um, every, every horsepower they can get. And so that's why you kind of see these things when they're turning 9,500, 10,000 RPM, um, you're seeing some of these problems that some of these uh, engine builders are having. Um, that's not going to be the same on a stock Camaro. That's not going to be the same on a stock Mustang or uh, on a stock Challenger. It's it's that we are pushing the limits of what stock is uh, for these parts um, that come in your daily driving, daily driver uh, cars. And part of the the product of this is going to be better parts and pieces. And this is truly a feedback loop that guys like David Barton and guys like Chris Holbrook and everybody that is out there ringing out 1,400 horsepower plus out of these small block engines with a supercharger are they're finding whatever the weak point may be, they're finding it. And, of course, the engineers uh, back at the factories are going to eventually like, okay, then we got to do this if that happens. And that is going to make a better product for everybody who eventually goes racing with these cars. I believe that is one of the cornerstone reasons for why we're doing this. Absolutely. That, that's it. You know, they, they want to see 
um, what goes on on the track translate back to uh, somebody's stock automobile that they're going to buy from their local Chevy dealer. Um, I know that Roger Allen from Chevrolet was talking with uh, all of the Chevy, Chevy teams uh, this weekend, talking about kind of some of those limits of these uh, cylinder heads and, and how everything's holding together. So they are paying attention. They are, they are making sure that things like David's crash don't happen again. Um, and, and we're going to see um, hopefully some new castings or something from Chevrolet, I understand, uh, later this year. Um, but uh, in the meantime, David is okay. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll have him back out on the track here pretty soon. So qualifying was just epic. And the debate about an all-seven-second field uh, was raging a little bit. Like, would it happen? And then as soon as we realized the weather was coming in and uh, going to be a little cool, uh, it became apparent that we were going to have an all-seven-second field. And we absolutely obliterated it. I had a conversation with Evan Smith in the staging lanes, and I put him on the spot immediately. I said, okay, give me a number. Like, let's stop joking around. Give me a number. And he gave me the 792 number and nailed it. And to watch that happen and watch uh, guys like pro stock winner Bo Butner fail to qualify in factory stock showdown tells me everything I need to know. Uh, this class is going to be amazing. But there was also some very interesting debate going on because the Dodges had some problems getting the power to the ground. Going into the final qualifying session, the defending champ, Leah Pritchett, was not qualified. And there was debate. And it was spoken on the show a couple of weeks ago, in I believe episode two, that there was a good chance that the championship car from a year ago was not going to qualify. But Kevin Helms and Leah Pritchett, Got one to the ground, 115, 60 foot, ran 785, and maybe showed that they're not as far behind as some people have suggested. A couple other racers that I will not name, at least at this moment, perhaps next week, um, they may name, them, name themselves, uh, said they thought, boy, that could have been a blunder, right? They showed that they can run, at very least with the Copos. Yes, uh, absolutely. You know, um, it, it's, it, it's better to have our past champion in the field and to have a Dodge uh, represented. Um, you know, I, I'm glad that they made it in and, and, you know, and talking to all of the manufacturers over the weekend and the NHRA, you know, um, a couple of the manufacturers don't want to see anything change and let's see how all of this plays out in the next couple of races, uh, not be so reactionary immediately. Um, but I know the Dodge fans and the Dodge camp and DSR and, and FCA are going to be pushing for some sort of change that honestly, they maybe should have pushed for in the off season. I, I, I don't know why they didn't try to make a change or anything. And, and uh, really this class is, is going toward that 770 number, that 760 number. And, and it, it's kind of like what David Barton said uh, a, a couple episodes ago, where we need to kind of back that off. We need to be a 7980 class, not a, getting closer and closer to the limit of that 750 uh, mark that these cars are, are rated for. Yes, absolutely, because uh, there's so many of them out there. Uh, just amazing stuff. And uh, we're going to speak with some of the folks from FCA on the show. Another reason to subscribe as new episodes roll out over the course of the 2019 
season. But fans of El Bandito and Leah Pritchett had someone to root for, and there were all three manufacturers represented in the field. I know Mark Powick was going for it in qualifying and uh, just rotated the earth underneath uh, and, and, and spun the tires, and that was unfortunate. But Leah did end up running the race but ended up losing first round. So let's give a little uh, summary of some of the great things we saw a all-family matchup in that the Skillmans raced the Libishers in round one, and it was Mustangs versus Copo Camaros. The fans lined up, and they were cheering and screaming, and we had an unbelievable amount of fan participation. Like Once again, like back in the old days, fans were on their feet screaming for the manufacturer that they were rooting for. Yeah, and again, that's what this class is about. It's it's a car that these racers are, uh, excuse me, that the fans are familiar with. It's something that they see driving down the road like I am right now. I mean, I've been passed by uh, too many Chargers and and Camaros and Mustangs, and and every time I look in the mirror, I'm a little loopy because we've been driving since uh, 8 p.m. yesterday that, that, oh, hey, that, that one looks like Mark's car. That one looks like, Leah, that one looks like, uh, uh, you know, Lieberschers. You know, it, it's it's a little crazy, but that's it. There is a connection to these things. And there are Ford fans and Dodge fans and and Chevy fans that have been around way longer than the uh, Gator National. So they, they have a special place in their heart for these three manufacturers, and they have a rival, you know, uh, a kind of a bitterness toward their rival on the, uh, on the other side. And um, the fan support for this class over the weekend – was amazing. Um, I, I really, once again, want to thank all of y'all for for showing up and and cheering everybody on and and you know rooting for the drivers. It means the, the world to them to know that y'all are out there um, supporting the class the way y'all are. A lot of people talking about Factory Stock Podcast uh, in the media center and in the staging lanes, which was super cool to get to know the people and personalities uh, behind it. Now, when qualifying was all said and done, it was Cobra Jets at the top. And Bill Skillman uh, really showing the way. Um, but then what was the quickest run at that point during eliminations went out the window. Now, we did see an alternate enter the show. Ryan Pretty in the Mountain View Tire Machine was able to enter eliminations when Randy Eakins was unable to answer the call. And big performances from those Mustangs, but Randy unable to answer the call for eliminations. So Ryan Pretty gets in, and Ryan Pretty was even able to advance to the second round of racing, taking down Archie Cohn. Archie was number three in the world a year ago, just uh, spun the tires, controlling the power. That's where it is all going to be. They're all making more power than they can put to the ground, even on the brand-new Gainesville Raceway surface. Yeah, it's tough. You know, that uh, that matchup of Pretty and, and Cohn, uh, two Copo Camaros going at it. Um, they were the first pair down, so they were kind of the guinea pigs for everybody else to, to try and figure out how much power they they could really try to get on the track. Um, I, neither one of them really got down the track full power. Obviously, Archie spinning right off the line, um, and and Ryan I think uh, rode out a a longer wheel stand before spinning kind of mid track or or uh, a little before. But, uh, yeah, they, they did a good job. You know, I, I, I have an interview with Ryan about not making the field and then making it in as the alternate um, in an update interview that you're going to hear here um, next week. But it's, it's, uh, they did a great job, a great showing for their first time in this class and really um, being so new uh, to this world of factory stock. 
Absolutely. So Ryan Pretty over Archie Cohn, Stephen Bell over Pete Gasco, who got in with that new KB Power, Chris Holbrook and the David Barton run we've already discussed, Bill Skillman over Scott Libisher, Carl Tasca over David Janik, and it was really a Cobra Jet show in many ways uh, in first round. Drew Skillman over Leonard Libisher, Kevin Skinner defeating Leah Pritchett, and Randy Rampage Taylor, who is now running the Greg Stanfield Power here in the 2019 season over Robert Falcone. But second round, Stephen Bell is able to advance over Ryan Pretty, uh, Randy Taylor, Drew Skillman, Carl Tasca. Drew beating his dad, right? And isn't that a crazy story? Uh, the Skillmans, after all the work they put in and the runs that they have put up, the quickest ever side-by-side runs, and Bill Skillman puts down a 773-6, see you later, eliminated by his own son. Uh, yeah, the, their reaction times, I think uh, Drew got a 41 light, and, and Billy had a 42, 42 light. Yes. Yeah, and, and so that Fourth was the closest. Yeah, that was the tightest package we've ever had. Um, you know, it, it was very reminiscent, of course, from that team of, uh, of two pro soccers going down the track. Just everything was perfect. Great 60 foots, great, uh, great reaction times. And um, they told me uh, in an interview with Billy there that, uh, that they got to do a better job of getting on opposite sides of the sheet so they're not catching each other and, uh, so early in, in the rounds of elimination. A lot of racecraft going into it. Uh, in my interview with Drew uh, on the return road in front of the grandstands, he said exactly the same thing. Sportsman ladder tripped him up. Uh, as opposed to the pro stock ladder, the pro ladder that they're used to dealing with uh, when running in the Mellow Yellow series. Round three, it was just an announcer's dream. You got two Copo Camaros, you got two Cobra Jet Mustangs, and uh, Carl Tasca had a problem staging the car and just kind of powered through the beams, a 293 foul start and coasted down. Stephen Bell coasted down as well, 1128 as the winner. And so Stevens Copo in the final, Drew taking down the Camaro of Randy Taylor. And so that's it. An all-factory battle in the final round. Camaro versus Mustang. And I couldn't help but thinking there are people on NHRA.TV from all around the world, but in particular in Detroit, to listen to who wins this matchup. And in the final, 773-6, Drew Skillman gets the win. But we got to talk about that 771-8 in the semifinals, a run that just blew the minds of everyone in attendance. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a little shocked, really. I, I knew that uh, they were going to be quick. All You know, everyone kind of knew that they, they were the, they had the target on their backs, that Skillman team, and really the, all of the Fords this weekend. And that 771, that, it, like I said at the start of the show, historic. You know, every, everything that happened this weekend kept getting better and better for the class and for the racers and, and they kept finding um, more mile an hour, more ET. Uh, getting down the track, they started figuring it out a lot better, uh, obviously, as rounds went on. And, uh, you know, just congratulations to Drew Skillman and everyone over at the uh, Skillman team for, you know, a really great weekend. 
And I love the fact that it was two car dealers in the final round, Stephen Bell, Drew Skillman, both going home during the week, going to travel back and try to sell cars just like the cars they raced in the final round. So Drew Skillman picks up the win, takes over the points lead, 114, the points total for Drew. Stephen Bell, after the runner-up, 93 points, qualifying points, uh, a part of this number one qualifier getting points and points on back, uh, which makes qualifying of significant importance. Something that a lot of people thought that the sportsman ladder may be discouraged trying to be uh, at the top of the scoring sheets one year ago. They're incentivizing qualifying well with points and Drew getting some. Drew leading the points, Stephen Bell second, Carl Tasca third, Randy Taylor fourth. We'll leave it off there. Brian, next week we're going to go in depth. We're going to hear your audio. We're going to try to connect with Drew. I have no doubts. And other history makers, story makers. We're going to try to connect with David Barton, find up, find out what's up with his car. Uh, this week, this particular episode, we know we got new listeners who are subscribing. We wanted to connect with you folks because travel is just killing everybody on this one edition. Next week, we're going to go heavy in depth on every story we can. We've already got feelers out to folks at the factories to find out what they think, what they're going to do, and how they're going to improve for the second race. Brian, thank you so much as you uh, head back to the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Quick thought on that. Massive crowd, historic crowd. Maybe, certainly the conversation can be had that this was the greatest drag race in the history of drag racing. That uh, can be discussed. How was it for you guys at Samtech? It was great. Uh, you know, we had more people at the booth, and, and uh, the number one question we always get in the booth is, what time are the factory stalkers running? Uh, the second question is, where do we sign up? Um, you know, we, we have currently three of our graduates working on uh, teams in, in the factory stock showdown. We've got uh, Colin and Connor over with Stanfield, and uh, Travis is over with Barton, and, and uh, we're going to have Chris Bang as the crew chief for um, the Kramer team that's coming, and they should be ready for, uh, for Charlotte. And so we're just more and more of our graduates are getting involved in this class. And uh, we're happy to see them out there getting jobs and, and being successful in drag racing. And that is a point we made on the microphone that uh, you guys help place your graduates with teams. And those people you just listed, by the way, all really high caliber people, racers, uh, mechanics, clutch guys, etc., cetera, uh, doing great stuff. Brian, thank you so much. What a weekend. So busy running around. But every time Sam Tech Factory Stock Showdown rolled to the starting line. The grandstands uh, became more full. People coming up there to see these cars and seeing them go down the racetrack. We have really seen uh, something special, a historic moment for Factory Stock Showdown. And hopefully everybody out there who's hearing the podcast understands we need you to subscribe, write a review, tell your friends, share the show on your social media, because as the season develops, we're going to delve into every aspect of these factory cars. And, of course, maybe even a little feedback from you guys, the listeners, about what you want to hear about. Like, what about these cars do you want to learn about? I can tell you, Brian, I was looking into Drew's car as we sat on the return road, and he held his Wally, and I'm thinking, well, this is just this is a racing edition of a Ford Mustang. Even the upholstery and the dashboard and the door panels and everything was exactly as it would be in a street version of the Mustang, and it just reinforced the whole point. Win on Sunday, sell on Monday. Mustang fans, they can beat on their chest this week after the Gator Nationals. 
Absolutely. That's it. I mean, it, this was a, I keep going back to it, historic event and, uh, and it's going to be a tough one to top. That's for sure. Uh, I, I want to thank the fans again for all of their support of uh, not just this class, but the podcast. And, and I want to thank you, Joe, for all your hard work. I know you're pulling double and triple duty uh, with your announcing duties in the podcast, uh, you know, your regular WFO. So uh, we we're hopefully getting everything that the listeners want. And if there is something you want, let us know. Um, but uh Download, subscribe, rate, and review, and uh, we'll uh, we'll keep churning these out for y'all. There you go, Brian. Safe travels back home to Samtech and Houston. It won't be long till uh, NHRA is in your in your part of the country. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time following a historic 50, 50th Amelie Motor Oil NHRA Gator Nationals. Thanks a lot, Joe. I'll see you soon, buddy. Thank you, Brian. All right, listeners. Here's the deal: we have had unprecedented feedback about Factory Stock Podcast. So many fans of the Camaros, Dodges, and Mustangs on board to hear what's going on inside this new class of drag racing. We are going to bring it to you on this particular occasion. I am traveling. Brian is traveling. Everyone is traveling. We are going to go very in-depth with audio from the drivers, the teams, everybody next week. So what we would love for you to do, if you missed episode one with Leah Pritchett, with Chris Holbrook, with Archie Cohn. If you missed episode two with Don Fazell, with Jeff Turk, who previewed his team, and David Barton, check out those episodes. Share them with your friends. And, of course, this summary episode, episode three of Factory Stock Podcast. It's up on Apple Podcasts. It's up on SoundCloud. But it will be rolling out on other platforms in the future. We want to load up on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, write a review, download. That helps so much. Most importantly, subscribe so you never miss your show. If you have an iPhone or uh, an iPad, you can get it just by going to your podcast app. You can go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and download it. Never miss a show. We wanted to connect. Make sure you're up. You know exactly what's going down. And next week, we're going to connect with the winner, Drew Skillman. We're going to hear from stories in the pits And we are going to find out what's next for this amazing class of drag racing factory stock showdown on factory stock podcast. See you next time.